Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper, and we thank you for being here today. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Local nonprofit raising funds for Ukrainian refugees. We talk proclamations, ponds, parks, pickles, and parades with a moment with the mayor. The COVID-19 spread continues its decline locally from the Omicron peak. Timberview men's basketball is just two games away from the state championship. Coming up in the features section. Send your name to space. Space. Oh, a mighty wind's a-blowing. And that's not always a good thing. I am home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll tackle that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that says spring break is next week and you may need this in order to make it that far. We have the seven-day weather forecast and in the talk segment, Steve concludes his in-studio chat with Frost Bank President Randall Kennedy. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman CPA Firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, tax manager for Jack Lauderman CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, we provide every level of business, tax, and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then... I've read tons and tons of books on money, and what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. Arch Week is back in Mansfield, March 11th through the 14th. Whether you're 2 or 92, there's an event for you with 18 arts events in four days, including live classical concerts, theater, dance, film, adult art classes, and of course, Kids Day on March 14th, with nearly a dozen hands-on arts and craft projects in historic downtown Mansfield. Get the full schedule at mansfieldtexasarts.org and enrich your spring break with Arts Week, March 11th through 14th. And we hope to see each and every one of you downtown this weekend for Arts Week. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Mansfield-based allies in youth development serves 16 countries worldwide with 119 orphanages and over 5,500 orphans. This includes those in 15 cities within Ukraine, where there are 4,000 orphans, as well as 12 area leaders and numerous volunteers across the war-torn country. With shipping restrictions in place, the local nonprofit is seeking monetary donations that can be used to purchase food, personal hygiene items, basic necessities, and transportation for refugees in Ukraine. Allies in Youth has already sent close to $75,000 in donations. If you can help out, visit alliesyouth.org to make a donation. 
If you miss the web address, we have a link on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. And Colleen, Dr. Tatiana Biver is the Director of International Operations with Allies in Youth Development right here in Mansfield. Her father and sister both live in Russia while her cousins reside in Odessa, Ukraine, and talks about having family in both countries. It's a lot of confusion going on right now. People don't believe that what's happening is real. Everybody wants just to wake up and just know that it was their nightmare because uh, if uh, they have to go and fight their enemies, those enemies are their cousins. It's cousins, I have you know, cousins in uh, other cities of Russia and then in Odessa and they will have to go and they have to fight each other, uh, shoot each other and they just, they don't want it, they disagree with, the, with this, but um, Ukrainians, they don't have you know, um, many other options. They're defending their country. Dr. Biver talks about how your monetary contribution can help the people living in Ukraine right now. We need their monetary help, first of all, because uh, uh, so far, whatever we can purchase inside the country, we are doing. And it's water, it's groceries, it's drugs, medical supplies, warm clothes, blankets. That's what uh, we are getting with the help of our volunteers to the elderly in rural areas who are dying pretty much. And then the families in the basements because of the air raids going on nonstop. Cold, no food, no water. Our volunteers from bigger cities collect in multiple places uh, uh, food, groceries, and they uh, uh, take it to them. The same with orphanages. And again, the website to make a donation is alliesyouth.org. Again, that's alliesyouth.org. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. This is now two weeks in a row. Kind of rare for the City Council, but uh, nonetheless, Monday night. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. We say good morning to Mayor Michael Evans. Good morning, Steve. I hope that you are well today. I am. I am. 7.30, you guys got out last night. Yeah, about 7.33, but please, uh, don't don't jinx it. Uh, listen, we won't, <laughs> we won't do this all the time. Uh, th- these, these are just, uh, I don't know, accidents in, in time. I don't know. And, you know, this is two weeks in a row. People are starting to talk that we're, uh, we're seeing a little too much of each other. Uh, you know, yeah, we're going to have to do something about yeah. that. <laughs> you started off with a proclamation. Let's talk about that. Yes, on a very serious note, I issued a proclamation honoring all those who have died Died from COVID-19 and uh, proclaiming March 7th, 2022 as COVID-19 Memorial Day in the city of Mansfield. We lost uh, quite a few residents. I, but let me say this. I don't know of anybody, anybody uh, who has not been negatively affected by COVID. Uh, I think uh, this is something that that uh, we all want to keep in mind. Uh, happy that the numbers are leveling out, they're going down, but we know this is still something that uh, we're having to live with and uh, uh, not just survive through, but um, I want to say thrive through. So sure. uh, uh, we did recognize those and our hearts go out to all those who have lost loved ones in that regard. We did. The city has put together a new website Yes, yes, yes. The the council received, and this is this is exciting. So the council received an update uh, regarding a uh, new informational website uh, that the city uh, recently launched to educate residents about the bond propositions that will be up for election soon. That's May seventh. Now, remember, of course, if you don't mind, the, the five propositions are a veterans memorial, a joint recreation center, and library renovations and additions to Mansfield. Mansfield's uh, community parks and athletic facilities, an expansion of Mansfield's trail network, and what we're calling Miracle League Field. This is for uh, children uh, that have uh, uh, physical uh, difficulties or what have you, and we want them to be able to play uh, with uh, the other children. And that website is Mansfield2022.com, Mansfield2022.com. 
2022.com. And Steve, what's important about that is many of the questions that residents have about uh, uh, taxes and, and and what it would cost them on, on a uh, uh, an annual basis, all of that is listed. It is there. Now, uh, people are going to start uh, receiving information in the water bills. They're going to get direct mailers. We just want to make sure that people are educated on these world-class amenities that we are hoping to bring uh, to our city. Uh, Mansfield is growing and uh, the people want more and uh, we want to give them an opportunity to choose for themselves uh, what they want. But um, this is world-class and it is first-class. We will be second to none and we're excited about it. Yeah, look that up, mansfield2022.com. You went into consent agenda, ponds, parks, elections. Oh, yes. Talk about it. Yeah, so so after that, uh, we uh, jumped right into the last portion of the night's meeting. Uh, You're right, it was a fast meeting. Uh, The consent agenda, uh, council passed uh, six resolutions and uh, one ordinance as uh, part of the consent agenda. One resolution officially named the pond behind the Parks Administration building, uh, the Toby Goodman Pond. Uh, Representative Goodman, uh, who passed away last year. Uh, he served the Texas House District 93 for 16 years. Uh, just an all-around good man. Great family. Uh, for those who don't know the Goodmans, they are, they are awesome people. Uh, now, um, I think it's important to know that uh, Mr. Goodman, uh, the Honorable uh, Goodman, he served Mansfield, Arlington, and Grand Prairie. And uh, then after that, we had another resolution that permitted council to execute an agreement with First Texas Homes, LLC, for the development of Birdsong Park, uh, which will be located near the proposed Birdsong uh, plan development in Johnson County. And... um, We also uh, had an ordinance yesterday that passed and canceled the May 7th general election. What? Uh, Yeah. The elections have been canceled? It was canceled because the two incumbent candidates, myself and council member uh, Tamara Bounds, were running unopposed. So, you know, a a lot of thank you and gratitude goes there to uh, uh, the uh, residents of Mansfield, and we look to do an outstanding job for them. But now, but now, we cancel the election, general election for these candidates. However, let me stress, there is still a bond election on May 7th. I'll say that one more time. Now do it. There is still a bond election on May 7th. So again, we want people to visit Mansfield2022.com. Again, research the five propositions. Oh, and be mindful that early voting for that election begins April the 25th. Early voting begins April the 25th. So uh, that's it, sir. Uh, we had, uh, again, a, uh, a good night uh, the other night, and uh, we're hoping that our folks will get out and vote. And I'm just going to tell you now, please vote yes on all five of the propositions. <laughs> I just needed to get that in, Steve. Well, and then also coming up on the May 7th ballot are the 10 candidates vying for four seats of the school board. So well, that well, also gives them a reason to go out and vote. Well, with, without a doubt. How dare I forget anything like that? That's right. Being a former school board member myself. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that is so very important. Now, we do need to uh, uh, give good attention to that election. And uh, listen to what Steve says. There are four, there are four seats that are up for election. Four seats, four votes uh, is the majority uh, of of school board. So so when you think about that, when you think about that, uh, they are, people are, I will be voting, of course, we are electing four individuals who will have a lot of sway uh, as to the direction of our school board, uh, school administration, and all of that. So uh, yeah, don't go to sleep on that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make sure that we get out and we vote. Now, Mayor Michael Evans, the big ticket. This Saturday, will we see you at the Pickle Parade? Oh, gosh. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, you'll see me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be in one of the floats or, or one of the cars with, with the Pickle Queen. So, you know, we'll be just pickled to death. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a good time. Very good. Happy <laughs> spring break to you. We'll see you uh, the next time the council <laughs> gathers, and we'll see you Saturday at the parade. Sure will. Y'all have a good one. This has been a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. The COVID-19 epidemic is still on the decline here in Mansfield. With the good numbers, here's roving science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. We're still coming off the peak of the recent Omicron wave of epidemic spread in Mansfield. Mansfield saw only 47 new cases last week, continuing five weeks of rapid decline. Five weeks ago, this number was 17 times higher. 
Four citizens of Mansfield passed away from the virus last week, higher than the usual number of fatalities, but this is typical of the end of an epidemic wave. Mansfield ISD reports 12 active cases at the end of last week, perhaps the lowest number we have ever seen. Countywide, last Friday, 163 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus, continuing a steady decline in recent weeks. 75 citizens of the county died from the virus last week, about the same as a week before. Tarrant County public health officials still recommend that all eligible citizens get fully vaccinated, wear masks, and keep doing the distance and hand washing thing. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us have to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The men's high school basketball bracket is getting smaller by the week, and one Mansfield school still remains in the hunt. Timberview defeated the Amarillo Sandies in Wichita Falls Saturday night by a score of 68-59, earning the title of 5A Region 1 champions and advancing them to the state semifinals. The Wolves take on the Bernie champion Chargers in San Antonio on Thursday night at 8.30. The winner of that game will advance to the state championship game on Saturday against the winner of the Beaumont United-Kimball game. Good luck to the Timberview Wolves. Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Include your name and phone number in case we need more information. It's that time of year again where we move our clocks forward by one hour as Daylight Saving Time starts on Sunday at 2 a.m. Daylight Saving Time, that wonderful time of the year when the sun sets later in the day so most of us Americans can tend to the farm later into the evening. Or at least that was the intent back in 1908. Let's see what Mother Nature's intentions are as we check the weather forecast with Colleen. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. Our roller coaster ride through winter and late spring temperatures continues. We're looking at a high of 62 degrees on Wednesday and 70 degrees on Thursday, ahead of another cold front that is projected to arrive Thursday night into Friday morning. We've got a chance of rain on Friday that might include rain or wintry mix, depending on the timing of the arrival of the cold front and the temperature at the time of the precipitation. We allegedly won't have freezing rain, just a bit of sleet or snow, and there won't be accumulation. Temperatures behind that front are 46 on Friday, with a hard freeze overnight and a high of 54 degrees later in the day on Saturday. With 68 degrees on Sunday, we'll be creeping back up into the low 70s Monday and Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Home improvement specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment. And Brian Certain prepares a libation made to make you smile in the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And Steve concludes his talk in studio with Frost Bank President Randall Kennedy. I'm Colleen Daniel. And this is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, 
and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com, W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Hi, I'm Latasha Tagel, Executive Director of the Levitt Pavilion Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb has a tip on how to send your name into space. Space. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. This is not really a science thing, but I think it's really interesting. One of the small ways NASA encourages us to pay attention to upcoming space launches is to invite us to submit our names to a website and the list of names is carried on the spaceship. For instance, my name is on the back of the Mars rover Perseverance. It is not a big bumper sticker thing, but a microchip with millions of other names where each person typed their name into a website, the list of names was put on the microchip, and here we are. I typed my name into that website three years before the rover landed. You can submit your name to be carried to orbit the moon, just your name, not your whole self, on the upcoming Artemis 1 unmanned test flight, which is coming up maybe in May. To add your name, go to nasa.gov slash sendyournamewithartemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S, or you can search on send your name with Artemis and, and get to the form. The Artemis 1 mission is the first really big test of the giant rocket and Orion space capsule that will be used to land, as some have said, the first woman and the next man to walk on the moon. The big rocket is called by the boring name Space Launch System. It is 322 feet tall and when fully fueled weighs 5 and 3 quarter million pounds. It can carry 200,000 pounds to low Earth orbit or send 60,000 pounds to the moon. It's a really big rocket, though bigger versions are planned for human missions beyond the moon. The Orion space capsule at the top will go orbit the moon for a week on this Artemis 1 mission. The Orion capsule will then fly back to the Earth and land in the ocean, if all goes well. I think our names will be carried in a little thumb drive inside the Orion capsule. This name flying thing is not really the same as flying to space ourselves, but this small visualization of going to space makes me smile. So do it now. Print out your boarding pass, and you might thank me later this year. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. I just signed up, printed my boarding pass, and I am ready to launch my name into space on Artemis One. In a world where people have thousands of questions about improving and repairing their homes, one man has the answers. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he talks about the place that you call home. Terry? Today's question comes from Claire, who says, I have a small ceiling fan above my dining nook, and when it's on, it causes the food on the table to cool down too fast. Can I remove the fan and replace it with a light fixture instead? Thanks for the question, Claire, and well... 
you're honestly looking to do the opposite of what most people ask me about when it comes to ceiling fans. It's usually a question from someone asking how to replace a light fixture with a ceiling fan, and it's actually somewhat easier to do what you're wanting to do. And before we talk about replacement, I'm kind of duty-bound to remind you that the motor on most ceiling fans is reversible. You could first try directing the air up toward the ceiling instead of down toward the floor to see if that helps the food stay warmer. But in a nook as opposed to a large room, any circulation from the ceiling fan will make its way downward eventually and cause the convective cooling that you're experiencing. I just want to throw that out there because I have pretty poor air circulation in my kitchen and dining nook, despite having two air conditioning vents, and it gets pretty warm while I'm eating in the summertime, like actually sweaty warm to where I've had to direct a box fan into the room. There have been plenty of times when I've wished I have a ceiling fan in my dining area, but if you're determined to get rid of the ceiling fan, I'll be happy to get you on your way. If it's over the dining table, there's a pretty good chance that it has a light kit attached to it. If it does, then you've got to look at how the light is controlled. In a perfect world, the light turns on and off via a pull chain mounted directly on the fan, and the power to both is supplied by a wall switch. That'll make the change out pretty quick and easy. You'll need to turn the power off at the wall switch and then trip the circuit breaker at the main service panel. Hopefully, your panel is labeled so that you can easily find the correct breaker to trip so as to avoid killing the power to computers, appliances, internet modems, and routers and such. Once you're sure the electricity is off, you can set about removing the fan. Depending on whether your fan is flush-mounted to the ceiling or hanging from a downrod, the steps will vary a little bit. But the first step is usually to loosen and remove the canopy at the ceiling that conceals the mounting bracket and the wire connections for the fan. Once that's been done, you can disconnect the wires. You should find a black wire, the one that carries the power, and a white wire, which is the neutral that completes the circuit back to the service panel. Remove any electrical tape that might be protecting the wire nuts and twist off the wire nuts. Once the wires are disconnected, you can now determine how the fan is mounted to the ceiling and loosen those connections. This is the part where it might be helpful to have another pair of hands with you to support the fan while you remove it from the ceiling bracket. Remove the fan from the ceiling and remove the support bracket from the electrical junction box. Now you're ready to install your light fixture to the ceiling box following the manufacturer's instructions. Let's backtrack a bit and talk about the less perfect world where the fan and the light are controlled by separate wall switches. In that case, you'll need to decide which switch you want to use for the new light fixture and get rid of the one you won't be using. Up in the fan's ceiling canopy, you're most likely going to find three wires instead of two. There should be a black, a white, and a red wire. The black and the red are usually the ones carrying the power, and the white is again the neutral. But sometimes different electricians do things their own way, and they'll use the red as the neutral and the black and the white to carry the power. Look at the wiring in the junction box where the wall switches are. If all the white wires are bundled together in the box, then you'll know everything's probably wired to spec, which means that the black wire from one switch should be leading to the fan, and the red one coming off the other switch should be leading to the blue wire on the light kit. If the red wire is bundled to the white wires in the box, that means that they use the red wire as the neutral, and there should be a white wire coming off one of the wall switches up to the fan light combo, and hopefully up in the ceiling, the black is connected to the black wire leading to the fan, and the white one is connected to the blue wire leading to the light kit. Confused yet? If you are, then maybe it's time to call in an electrician, because electricity is nothing to play around with. Safety is always my first concern when helping someone with a do-it-yourself project. If you're not confused yet, then right now you'll decide which switch you want to keep and which one you want to get rid of. My inclination is always to keep the black wire as your power or hot wire because that'll pretty much be universally understood by anyone who works on the switch going forward. Disconnect the red wire from the other switch and install a wire nut at both ends inside the switch box and up on the fan box and apply electrical tape over the wire nuts to seal them up as well. Remove the black wire that's feeding the red wired switch and disconnect it from its power source, be it on the other switch or a common bundle of black wires inside the box. Now, once again, you're ready to install the new light fixture per the manufacturer's instructions and install a new switch plate that has a blank area which will cover up where the switch that was removed used to be. Wow. 
I hope, Claire, that your setup is configured with one switch because that's the easiest change out for a do-it-yourselfer to do. And again, if you scope things out and feel like you're lost or in over your head, bring in a licensed electrician. Safety must absolutely come first when working with electricity, and I don't ever recommend experimenting or taking on a project that's beyond your skill set. I firmly believe that there are many projects that homeowners can do themselves and save money, but I also firmly believe in knowing your limits. Don't take chances. Thanks for the question, Claire. And if you listeners have any questions or projects you'd like advice with, please send them my way. I'm here to help, and I love a challenge as well. Try to stump me. Send your questions by email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. We'll tackle another of your projects next time. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist, Terry Radswin. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another perfect libation for his Cocktail of the Week. Brian? This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Deep Cleanse. With the first day of spring right around the corner and spring break being next week, I decided to introduce you to another gin cocktail. But this one actually has aloe vera juice in it, hence the name. Aloe vera juice is rich source for antioxidants, which help fight off free radicals because, you know, we, no one likes anything like free radicals. This lowers your oxidative stress on your body and reduces the risk of chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and even cancer. Aloe vera juice is also an excellent source of vitamin C. But as always, don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. The deep cleanse. You can take one and a half ounces of good gin, like Hendrix or Aviation. You can take two ounces of aloe vera juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, three slices of cucumber, and a squeeze of fresh lime. What you can do is you're going to take the cucumbers, the three slices, along with the simple syrup, and muddle them in a cocktail shaker. You're going to then add the other ingredients and ice and shake well. You're going to strain and serve it in a cocktail glass with new ice and garnish with a cucumber slice. Enjoy. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Mark Walker, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What was Main Street called prior to 1958? Mark knew that Main Street is formerly known as Water Street. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. They are pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce paired with local craft beers since 2013. They're located next to the railroad tracks at 226 North Walnut Creek Drive right here in Mansfield. And you can find them on the internet at BigDBarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the population in Mansfield, Texas, has been growing by leaps and bounds each year, but its area has not. This week's trivia question is, how many square miles is the city of Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how many square miles is the city of Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy and Gary at Big D for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, making the transition from news to talk. And today we finish part two, our conversation with Frostbank president and man about town, Randall Kennedy. People say we come from paradise, that yeah. moving out from San Diego. Yeah. And are we going back? I don't know. Yeah. Because not only Texas... Narrowing it down to Mansfield. Yeah, I, I, I totally love this community. And, it, and it's interesting that you bring that up because with me nearing retirement um, and my wife is she's 10 years younger than I am. 
And she teaches at Bowie High School in Arlington and absolutely loves it. She's an extraordinary educator. We've talked about where we might want to retire. Um, I love the mountains of North Carolina. I mean, when I was a kid, we would go up there. I still have, you know, it's one of those very nostalgic things that part of the reason why I love it is I have memories of my whole family going up and camping up in the mountains, and they are beautiful. If you've ever been to the Appalachian Smokies, Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina, it's wonderful. Yeah. So about two years ago, um, right at the beginning of the the pandemic, we started talking about retirement. And and more so than me, mainly because she grew up here and this is all she's ever known. Um, she She's probably had more of an inclination to retire outside of the state of Texas. So we went up there. My roommate from college, his family owns a one of the most beautiful golf resorts in the mountains, about 25 miles northeast of Asheville. Uh, and he's still my best friend in the world to this day. Uh, his name's Randy, too. Um, but he's <laughs> just a wonderful human being. And his wife, we, we just love them to death. And so we go see him time to time. But our point of going then was just say, let's go up there and check things out. See if we'd really like to do that. And I will tell you that particularly at that point in time, there was – Tremendous amount of opportunity to buy real estate up there, meaning a home on maybe a little acreage uh, for a lot less than you buy it here in Texas, mainly because a lot of people from Atlanta and Charlotte, business people, would have second homes up there in the mountains is just little weekend retreats. Okay, And, you know, second homes usually have a life expectancy from the standpoint of that particular owner owning it. You know, four or five years, and then they go, you know, I've only been up there twice this year, so I think I'll just sell it. And particularly with COVID, that incidence was occurring very we, – we talked to several real estate agents, and they went, you could not have picked a better time to be looking for housing up here. And we were we were looking at some houses that, good heavens, I could not believe how beautiful they were with mountain vistas and mm-hmm. for, you know – just unbelievable bargains. But on the way back, I remember talking to my wife and I said, you know, honey, the one thing we really haven't considered is, you know, you've lived in Fort Worth. She moved from Tulsa when she was in sixth grade. So most of her life she's been here. Um, But I've been here since 1974. Just think of the, the friends we have here, the social we have here. Right. If we moved to North Carolina, yes, my roommate from college would be, you know, 30 minutes away, 45 minutes away, but, but we wouldn't it. have anybody else. That's it. And that's it. we have just such wonderful friends here, many in Mansfield, many in Arlington. We have a core group of friends in Fort Worth that are extremely near and dear to us. And I said, you know, if you move, you'll say – Hey, we're going to see you guys. You know, we've got friends. Some of our best friends in the world moved to Bernie, and we see them about once every two years. And it well, was- and you look at the uh, I had mentioned at the during the intro of all of the different boards that you you've been on. You you undoubtedly have made friends absolutely on each one of those those boards. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough now. Our our friend Scott Wellmaker who was mm-hmm. the director of MEDC for yep. 11 years, packed up uh, close to Asheville is, yep. is, uh, is Kingsport, Tennessee. Yep. Been there is, many times. And yep. one of the Tri-Cities. Yes, I've yep. been out, I've been out yep. there twice. Yep. And so I know about those mountain views. Mm-hmm. And, Beautiful. Uh, um, I'll probably go out there again. We, we've been out there September last September and then the September the year before, and just absolutely beautiful out there. And, you know, you mentioned the boards and the affiliations I've had there, and you're absolutely correct. I I had breakfast yesterday morning with one of my dear friends that was the executive director of the Tarrant County College Foundation, which I served on for a number of years. Um, But more so than that is the friends that I've made as relationships in my banking career. I mean, James Sellers is a great example of Mm -hmm. it. James and I have developed a tremendous friendship, and I have 
many, 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 many friends that I've developed over the years through my business relationship. And and that to me, uh, as I try to mentor young bankers coming in, the great value of becoming a good banker is developing relationships with your customers. And those relationships are far beyond just their business and your business. It's You have to connect with them on a personal level. And that's where you create the trust that gets them to where they, you know, to me, the greatest testament to being a good banker, and we have great bankers in this community. I mean, I won't name them, but I've had great friendships with many of them. You know, the reason why I'm sitting at Frost Bank in Mansfield is because of my great friend and dearly departed Monty Goddard. Monty hired me for what was then Overton Bank and Trust, and Monty stayed a very, very dear friend of mine. Uh, until he passed last year. And but I tell these young people that you you really need to connect with them. Don't your first call, you don't even need to talk business. Find out about who they are and let them find out who you are. And most times you'll find some connectivity there and then the relationship starts building. And what happens ultimately is you build such a, a degree of trust with that relationship. That regard, I mean, you talk about a competitive business. I mean, I've I've walked into my customers' lobbies, and there's two other bankers waiting oh, to see no. them, and I'll know both of them, and right. I'll say, "Hey, you know, I got him. You can if you can." <laughs> but if you build that level of trust, and they really appreciate what you've done for them, then they're much less apt to leave you, even if the deal is better in another bank. Right. Because well, and I think that that applies, building relationships applies to business in general. Absolutely. And, but uh, whatever bank, whatever bank, whatever business you're running, your customers, your customers, it, they're not going to spend money with you unless they trust you. Absolutely. And Absolutely. part of that is, is building. Yep. Building trust, building a relationship helps solidify that trust. Absolutely. So, And I've loved it. I mean, it, to be honest with you, um, you know, that, that, that transition from being a Civil War history nut, and Lord knows my wife hates it whenever we drive by a battlefield because then the next three hours of her life, she knows what's going to happen. <laughs> my, my senior year, uh, I, I took a, an advanced course under a guy that's passed now, but he was one of my mentors, uh, a guy named John Robbins. Uh, he was the head of the Civil War History Department at North Carolina, and he his he would take a group of really advanced students, and what we would do is go camp all the battlefields for the duration of that battle. I mean, we did Gettysburg three times, and that's a three-and-a-half-day venture where we would sleep overnight then we go through all the troop movements and everything and it was it was just short of doing the reenactments which i don't ever care to do right um but you know she always goes okay here comes vicksburg i guess we're gonna have to drive around vicksburg or here comes chickamauga we're gonna have to go you get out your period uniform no no i just i just i love you know the whole you know, I, I, this country means a lot to me. Absolutely. And the history of this country is so important. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't read European history, whatever. I love anything historical. But, you know, I, I and I don't want to get off on any kind of even allusion to political issues or anything like that. But I, I feel like one of the problems we have right now, people have lost their sense of what this country really means. We need to get back into understanding and appreciating what this country really means. And I think we'll get through a lot of some of the civil discord we're having right now and some of the divisiveness that we all pray every night that we can. I'm I'm very hopeful. Yeah. Uh, We've been through problems like this before in this country, not just in the Civil War, but in other times. And we've always gotten through it. And I think it has to do with the resilience of the American people. You're about to retire. Yes, sir. I asked you back in 
mid 2020 uh, 2021 to come on on the on this program and and we delayed it till February because we're getting close to the end of Randall Kennedy's time at uh, at Frost Bank correct and what what's what's in your retirement future right? wow I, you know I will guarantee you're not the first person that's asked me that sure. question. I've probably answered it three times today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, as anybody that knows me well will tell you, I am majorly a type A personality. I cannot, I mean, it drives my wife crazy. We cannot watch a movie. If it, if I'm not invested in 10 minutes, I'm gone. Right. And she's going, how can you not just sit and watch a movie? I mean, I can even watch it and go in the kitchen and be fixing dinner, and I'm still watching the movie. Right. Um, I'm just one of those kind of people. I feel like I've got a lot that I can still give. Uh, I'm going to serve on nonprofit boards. I'm kicked around some ideas, Steve, of um, I might teach. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I might. Uh, you know, I might go to the community college because you have more freedom of your schedule. Right. Uh, frankly, as I said earlier, I'd love to teach a course in the history of rock. And I've kind of floated that idea. And there's there's some interest perked, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to put on my salesmanship tools to get that deal done. If that happens, I want to take your course. You know, it's funny because one of my dear friends is Dr. Vashaskis. Yeah. And he's also a big music guy, too. As you I probably didn't know are. that. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to have him on the show. You you need it's, to. Yeah. You need to. Because not only that, but yeah. Jim is, he's an amazing guy. I love that man. Um, but um, he said the same thing because Actually, when I came up with that idea is when, um, I guess when I turned 65, my wife surprised me. I've always wanted to go to Red Rocks and see a concert, and I never had. And, you know, Dr. V's wife, Cindy, yeah. went to Red Rocks High School. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. She grew up at Red Rocks. So they, they go to concerts up there all the time. So my wife, who... One day you'll have the great pleasure of meeting her. She's an amazing person, but she's her creativity. She's a creative person anyway. She teaches uh, fashion and interior design okay. in high school, so she's a very creative person. But even amongst her gift giving and everything, is very creative. So I'm opening up this box, and you know she does the a different card is a different clue, and it says you're going to Red Rocks to see a concert. The next card is you're going to see Peter Frampton, which Frampton comes alive, one of the great albums of all time. Absolutely. And so I'm going, oh, man. And then, you know, she's got the hotel and here's the airfare. And then the last one is your your uh, escort will be Jim Vashaskis. So she's coordinated this whole trip with him. And man, did we have an awesome time. And she bought me backstage passes. Nice. And so we got to, and, and you know, I've done those backstage passes before, and there's a line of people, and you go up and Clapton will shake your hand and say, okay, next. I will tell you, and yeah, there were eight or 10 people that were there to see Peter Frampton. He sat and talked to us for 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he was awesome and i've always loved his music anyway and he's a brilliant guitarist and unfortunately he's had some health problems the last few years but man what a what a great guy so anyway that that ranks up there as one of the better concerts just because of the the situation now with with going we're we're back in music again then <laughs> Who were you music? Uh, well, you talked about the Allman Brothers, but uh, who were your musical idols, and did you ever meet them? And did they live up to the expectation? Um, musical idols. You know, uh, yeah, I've I met quite a few of them when I was in college, running the the uh, event program at the school. Mm -hmm. um, you know. <laughs> Most of them are accompanied by their agents, and those guys are, it's like, you know, it's the president, and they're the, right. the secret service for the president. Still. Many of them you can't get close to. Um, but I will tell you some of the – it's an interesting story, but we had B.B. King come one time. Okay. And I love this story because it's, it's it makes fun of me. 
But you know, his, his guitar is named Lucille. Right. So I would always go backstage with these bands or these performers and whatever and just tell them, okay, we're going to go in about 10 minutes. Is there anything you need beforehand? Da, 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 da. So I went back there and <laughs> we had such great, I mean, at that point in time, they played in one of the basketball arenas. And so um, we were back in a locker room and I go back there and B.B. King's sitting back there and he's playing Lucille. And I just looked at it and I went, oh, my God, that's one of the iconic instruments in music. Mm. And I said, Mr. King, can can I just hold Lucille? And so he just reached over and handed it to me. And I don't play guitar or anything. That is one thing I would like to do. I'd love to learn how to play the guitar. And so that may, may be just something. And right as I was holding it, he went, I got about 20 of them. <gasps> no, 20 Lucille's? And I went, there's not one Lucille. <laughs> Funny. Oh, no. Funny. That, that's a great story. But he, he was such a great guy. You know, I've, I've had the occasion to meet a lot of people like that. Uh, interestingly enough, and I don't, I don't like to tell this story a lot, and I'm probably not going to anyway, but I actually, uh, we had a group come around and, you know, I told you about the little festival that we had. It right. was usually right before the end of school. And for my sophomore and junior year, I stayed and went to summer school. I was one of the ones that was wise enough to figure out that the professors didn't really care about summer school any more than the students did. Yep. So I always took summer school, much to my parents' dismay, because they wanted me to come home to Atlanta. But um, so we had had that concert. And this particular band, um, I liked them a lot. They were a Southern band, and they were the number one band in the world at the time. And there's people out there trying to think of that right now, and they'll probably be right. Um, and so I was talking to some of the roadies, and they said, well, what are you going to do now, knowing I was a student? And I said, well, you know, we had a UPS depot right down from college, and anybody could go to work there. And, of course, you had to probably work the midnight shift. But a lot of my friends, and I did it several times, we worked at UPS loading trucks. And he said, well, we're going on about five more tours. You want to come roadie? And so I roadied for this band for about three or four weeks. And it's not a lifestyle I would want to do long term, I'll assure Slinging you. amps and, and. Oh my gosh, not only that. I mean, it's just, you know, the band finishes playing and then they go to the hotel room with all the girls and, oh, yeah. you know, do their partying and everything. And you're there till three in the morning loading trucks for the next trip. And roadies are first to arrive and last to leave. And, and you're and, so yeah. tired, even if you were invited to go to the parties, you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm going home. There was a cable TV show called Roadies. Did yes. You, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I understand that it was fairly close. It to... was. And I thought that was really a good show. And it just didn't make. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was really, really had a you know, it had a really neat deal. And I, and one of my favorite movies, of course, was written by John Winter is, is, you know, almost famous. Yes. That's a great yes. movie. And, you know, it's, it, it, I guess the, the band was supposed to be Boston. Uh, you kind of get that feeling, but you know, it was all about her following them around and that mm -hmm. young kid that became kind of a roadie for him and a hanger on and, it, it, that's kind of what the scene's like. You did get to see music from the back of the stage, which is a really great vantage point to listen to concerts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Cameron Crowe yep. was, was... Yeah, not John Winter, Cameron Crowe wrote Cameron Crowe, yeah. um, uh, who's from San Diego. Yep, yep. And was very involved, didn't work there, but very involved with the rock radio station in San Diego, the uh, KGB. Mm -hmm. And God, what a name for a radio oh. station, KGB. Yes. yes. <laughs> and one of the original three-letter radio stations. They're all now, well, oh, yeah. uh, four mm -hmm. letters. Um, and KGB had, uh, this kind of put them on the map. They, they started releasing albums their own albums uh, called homegrown hmm. albums. Uh, listeners would submit songs and the best 12, 15 songs would make it on the album. And Cameron Crowe wrote the liner notes oh, wow. for the first two albums. Wow. And um, 
And so that's that's kind of you go back to that first album, which I still have unopened, and it's like, wow, reading uh, probably 500 words on the back of this this album cover written by Cameron Crowe. Wow. Of, yeah, of Rolling Stone fame. That's right. Usually, I ask this question of every guest. I'm not going to ask you this question because I saw you at Frostbank last week. And you said, well, you know, in preparation for this interview, I'm going to have to figure out what my favorite ice cream is. <laughs> so, Randall Kennedy, what's your favorite pizza? Uh, I usually get pepperoni, Italian sausage, and any kind of peppers they got. I love hot food, spicy food. Nice. Yeah. So, whether it's jalapenos, you put habaneros on your pizza? You know, I used to... And then a local pizza place one time had a special for a pizza that had habaneros on it, and I could not eat one piece of it. Mm. It was so hot. It's really interesting. Um, one of my dear friends that it would be very hard to leave down here, and she's going to kill me for mentioning her name, but she is one of the Renfro's of Renfro Foods. Yeah. Um, her husband and I have been friends for many, many years. Um you know, they have all these different hot sauces with ghost peppers and everything in it. And every once in a while, she'll send me a bottle and say, try this and see what you think. And, and I mean, some of them are, some of those peppers, I just wonder if they're really meant for human consumption. Renfro's green salsa is the best. Is a staple in our home. Uh, it is the best. And it's interesting because she sends Linda and I a box, you know, a four pack every year at Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, and it's always multiple. And this year, I told her, I, her name's Becky Renfro. I said, Becky, is there any way you could make me up a special box that just has four bottles of the green the salsa? <laughs> it's the only one that's not a salsa verde. It's actually a jalapeno salsa. And yeah. It is wonderful. I love it. And it's hot. And she's going to have to pay me for this endorsement. There you go. <laughs> Everyone who sits in the seat goes through the lightning round. You are a listener of About Mansfield. Absolutely. So you so you know what what's uh what's ahead of you. Uh the the very simple exercise of this or that so that people really get to know the psyche of of <laughs> Randall Kennedy. Scary. All right, you ready? Yep. Night or day? Night. High tech or low tech? Oh, like below low tech. <laughs> Cable or Netflix? Uh, Netflix. And since we're talking TV, TV or book? Book. You are a reader. Iced tea or hot coffee? Iced tea. Cat or dog? Both. Paper or plastic? Paper. SpaceX or Tesla? Tesla. I think I know the answer to this one. 60s music or 80s music? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you heard that song about the music dying. Oh, yeah. A man named McLean. Yeah, I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> 60s music. 60s music. <laughs> Laundry or dishes? Well, since... My wife won't let me do the laundry since I ruined some of her clothes back in the early part of our marriage. It's definitely dishes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think we've covered it all. Is there a question that you expected me to ask that I didn't ask? You know, I guess the one thing I would say, um, and I think you did hit on it, certainly in the intro, my involvement. You know, we, we live in just an absolutely wonderful community, and I've been here since 1993 and seen it go through a lot of evolution. Um, you know, many of the my friends and co-workers were born and raised here, so I've bent their ear about what was it like back then, what was it like. You know, Raymond Meeks is such a great source for that kind of information. I mean, you can talk to him for days on what it was like back in the 50s and 60s in this town. And, you know, towns go through transitional periods, and I really feel like we're at a major crossroads in this community, and and we really need to make sure we do it the right way. You know, I, I've never run for city council and have no intention of doing so, but there's not a city councilman that's ever served since I've been here that hadn't said, 
Kennedy calls me every once in a while and just wants to give me his opinion. <laughs> I, I do that because I love this community and I want to see it do the right thing. Um, and I just encourage people that may have a calling for serving on nonprofit boards, right. for doing what, you know, I guess it goes without saying, I, I am deeply into my faith. I, I'm a firm believer in my Christian values. And I think we're called to serve, to give back. And I learned that from my mother. Uh, my mother was a housewife back in the days when you didn't have two income households. My mm-hmm. mom was a housewife, but she served. We we were raised Catholic, and I know y'all are Catholic. Thank you. And I am the only black sheep in the family, as, a, as I'm a Methodist. Um, but my mother... That's like Catholic light, though. So he's, it's, Hey, it's, hey. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it is funny uh, because I, I've taught several Sunday school classes uh, at the church, and it's amazing the number of people that will be in my Sunday school class. I was raised a Catholic. Oh, yeah, and I was raised a Catholic. It, it seems to be like a haven for lost Catholics. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we all pray to the same God. We so do, and I it's, still... It's all good. You know, people will say to me, well, you you know, you were raised a Catholic. You got out when you could. No, I'm telling you, the foundation you get in the Catholic faith is as solid as you can get in any Christian faith. Yep. There is absolutely no question. Now, did the nuns and I get along real well? Hmm. Nah. And yeah. so that, you know, I'll, both my brothers went to parochial school, and I went when I was in uh, first grade. And I came home one day and told after I'd gotten my hand whacked three or four times by yeah. a nun because I did talk a lot. Uh, I went and told my mom. I said, you know, it's either I go to there's a little elementary school down the street, which by the way I went to the same elementary school that Billy Graham went to. Um, I think I had his first grade teacher too, as I remember. She was old when I had her. Huh. Um, but um, I told my mom. I said, I'm going to Sharon Elementary, or I ain't going back to school. And she said, well, but that's the way you feel. But, I, you know, I stayed in the Catholic faith throughout high school, and then I went to college. And after I got out of college, you know, I, like most people, you kind of deviate from your going to church on Sunday and whatever. And so I said, you know, I want to get back into the church, but I, I don't want to go back to the Catholic Church. I want to try something else. So yeah. I went to a Methodist church, and it resonated with me, and, and it's the stuck. rest is history. But you're right. I, you know, it's funny, and I know I'm getting way long-winded, but my dad was as deep in his faith as anybody I've ever known. He never went to church. Mm. And the reason why, my dad, who's one of the wisest men I've ever known, he used to sit back and say, I really think God's just looking down on us and saying we are just screwing everything up, <laughs> all the different denominations, and I'm right and you're wrong, and I'm right and you're wrong. And I, he just didn't believe in going to an organized church, even though my mom literally went to church, and you know this person because there are people that go to church four and five days a week. My mom went to Mass usually three and four days a week. Wow. Unless she was shopping with the girls. Okay. I mean, there was a Catholic church right down the street from where we lived in Atlanta, and you know, as she got in advanced age and they quit, you know, socializing a lot and everything, if she didn't have anything to do at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, off to church. I'm going to church. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She went to church four or five days a week. She and the Pope were real close. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so you're, uh, uh, but uh, your dad's faith was in his heart. Absolutely. We never questioned because he would give us, you know, little talks sometimes and they would always be fraught with, with, uh, you know, spiritual values and things mm-hmm. like that. You knew he understood. He was raised in a Christian family. I told you he was an orphan and he was taken on by foster, a foster family. Right. Um, and his foster mother was very deep in her faith. So he was raised that way. I, I think early in his marriage to my mom, he had tried the Catholic Church and he just didn't like the strictures of it and everything. And to him, I guess all religions or all denominations were were like the Catholic Church, and he didn't like the kneeling and standing and pomp and circumstance and everything. It's hard on the knees. <laughs> Trust me, as I would go back to visit my parents in, in Atlanta before they passed, um, you know, I'd always go to church with my mom, and I'd think, good Lord, 
what is all this kneeling and standing and kneeling and standing <laughs> and kneeling? And really, one of the things, I know this sounds weird, but if you're a lifelong Catholic, you'll certainly remember this. But I liked church, Catholic church, when we still did everything in Latin. Oh, where did I go to a Latin mass? Um, <laughs> They're still doing Latin mass. Oh, St. Patrick's in New York. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet oh, my gosh. Did what an experience. Yeah. Because, see, I mean, catechism, when I was, for those of you who don't know what catechism is, it's you do it in sixth grade when you're in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, catechism, because that was before the, what was it, the whatever ecumenical council, um, when they changed from Latin to English, you did some Latin training of the you know, the the responses from the priest, you know, you did those in Latin and we had to learn those phrases and what they meant. Right. And so, you know, it was kind of cool to know a little second language when you were in sixth grade and seventh grade. And then all of a sudden I learn it and they go, okay, we're doing everything in English now. And I went, well, dadgum it. Mm. And what <laughs> what's neat uh, is that no matter what church you go to, what Catholic church you go to, anywhere in the world, the format is basically the same. Yep. And I've been to mass in in French. I've been to mass in Spanish and now Latin. Yep. Yep. Okay. They're doing the first reading. All right. Now we stand up for a hymn, the psalm. Then, okay, there's the second reading. And you may not understand what they're saying, but you're able to follow along because they do the same thing in the English yeah. language yeah. church. And, yeah. okay, oh, now we get in line for the, uh, and it's um, this, a stand-up sit. You mentioned the, the, the standing and sitting. We hosted a, a foreign exchange student about five, six, so maybe eight years ago. She's from Finland. And we took her to church. And the congregation stood for the song, the opening, the opening hymn, and we had to stand for maybe five minutes. And she leans over to me. And she goes, when do we sit down? <laughs> I said, oh, well, we'll get there. In fact, uh, and then, yeah, kneel, stand up, sit, kneel, stand up. And she's, she goes, I don't get this. <laughs> oh, well. Make up your mind. What you're, you're going to do? You're not from around here. <laughs> This is one of the longest interviews I've done here in the studio, and it's been a pleasure. And I still have a ton of questions to ask you, but uh, the next time we get together, I'd love to hear your stories about the masters and yeah, and yeah, it's great. And, so, and I would love to talk about, but you know, my experience and, with the school board and, and absolutely what a great school district we have, and me not running has absolutely nothing to do with you know what we've been through the last couple of years. It's right. actually. Uh, been challenging, but really been rewarding. Um, I'm telling you, if people in this community in our school district, which of course spans other communities than Mansfield, uh, if they don't appreciate the leadership we have in this district, they're missing the boat. Right. Because I live it every day and they're marvelous. You might not always agree with our decisions because the school board generally validates all the decisions, but I will tell you, uh, we are blessed to have the people we have run in this school district. We'll stay in this city. I'll have you back on the talk show. Love to. And, Love to. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll just do another powwow just well, like we've done just, for the past we'll hour. We'll just do a dual podcast someday. I, oh God, that'd be awesome. Uh, Randall Kennedy, I'm sure you've touched thousands of people in this city with your servant's heart. And, and uh, on behalf of the, city of Mansfield. Thank you. And enjoy retirement coming up in June. (laughs) And uh, we appreciate you being on About Mansfield. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, the school board race has begun here in Mansfield, and we will talk in studio with a current school board member, Karen Marcucci, about what makes a good school board trustee. Karen has served on the board for the past nine years, including president, and is not seeking re-election, so she's got no skin in the game. I look forward to hearing her insights. This is also the place where you can hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, 
or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.